Hello, this is Celia Duplessis from Gaia Kosovo, and you are listening to the ninth episode of our Reflection Podcast series. Our guest, Liridona Siarina, is a feminist activist working in the field of social justice and gender equality in Kosovo. She currently works at the Kosovo Center for Gender Studies as a project and research manager. Previously, she has been engaged in the Kosovo Women's Network and Women for Women in projects that address the socio-economic rights of women. Today, Liridona will share with us her point of view on feminism and women's rights in Kosovo and the Balkans. happy to have you as our guest for our Reflection podcast series. Today we want to discuss about feminism in Kosovo and in the Balkan. I wanted to start with a simple question, which is, uh, what does it mean to be a feminist activist and how did you start your journey of being one? Hi, Celia. Thank you very much for having me in this episode of Gaia's podcast. And also thank you for giving such a platform to talk about feminism. Regarding your question, for me, being a feminist or feminist activist is a hard concept to deconstruct. But uh, I can say that, uh, in my opinion, it's standing for or against every inequality based on gender but not only based on gender, but also based on sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, or class. This means that to be a feminist is not only to be um, conscious that such inequality or oppression exists, but uh, because that is something that people who experience it can tell and can acknowledge. But what is core to this concept is the will to fight this oppression. And this is something that, um, for me, makes a feminist and characterized uh, them. And uh, something else that makes a feminist activist is the sense of solidarity and the ability to fight for the other's uh, cause, even if we might not directly suffer from the same kind of oppression. That's pretty much, uh, if I may say, in the modest uh, terms, is uh, what feminism or a feminist activist is to me. Mm -hmm. uh, in my uh, case, I think that as many girls out there, especially in Kosovo or even mm -hmm. in Balkans, you feel a revolt since in childhood when you see that you're being treated differently than your male family members or peers. And you start realizing that there is something as, if I may say, gender that positions you in your family and society. So for me, to be grown up as a girl has been an oppressive process, but which in the way has uh, also given birth to an activist, as uh, I believe uh, happened with uh, my colleagues and my uh, feminist comrades out there. I consider that my experience of having to try harder than my male peers or family members or mm -hmm. always having to protect and reclaim my integrity and becoming conscious that this is something I share with other girls and women, besides for being very, very sad and hard, has shaped my uh, path as a feminist activist. Mm. And the fact that through the years I became conscious that uh, is exactly 
patriarchy that uh, embodies that feeling of inferiority to women and that the idea that you're secondary to men and that you're suffering uh, and the violence you experience is normal. I decided uh, that my political activism and my professional focus will be on feminism and fighting social and economic injustices, which I see as core to uh, feminism as well, because I don't mm. believe that there is just gender that we tackle and we deal with. We, I personally, and the feminism I stand for, uh, tackles uh, economy and class as a struggle that we should encounter uh, as feminists. Mm. And that has then directed me to join the feminist movement, to join it more actively and together with other feminists, we struggle on, on a daily basis with injustices and equalities that patriarchy produces. So I cannot say that there is a date or a period when I, be, I became a feminist, but that was a process that has uh, been shaped since my childhood and that has become more um, active and intense these recent years when I decided to be more vocal in the political life in Kosovo. And by political life, I don't mean the political parties because I don't, do not belong to any political party, mm. but I belong to the movement and to the civil society which is uh, the way how we resist the patriarchy in a more organized way and in a more local way. So you mentioned patriarchy, you mentioned also how you realized that you had less opportunity that male uh, in the society, in your environment and everything. And that makes me wonder, do you have to be a woman to be a feminist activist? Um, can you truly understand if you're a man? Or I think it's a question that is important because a lot of men also need to understand. So mm -hmm. can you be a feminist activist if you're not suffering, if you don't live this reality that women in Kosovo, in the Balkan, and generally in the world live every day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, you can be a feminist even if you're not a woman, because uh, feminism is not an ideology and movement that is exclusively reduced to women per se, if I may say, and doesn't see uh, only women as the ones who are uh, responsible of changing the situation or uh, for to fight for social uh, emancipation. So for me, You can be uh, a feminist even if you are a man or if you do not, of course, you do not identify necessarily yourself as within the binary uh, division uh, of, of genders. What feminism, I mean, we should maybe discuss on uh, what feminism stands for because yeah. it's important to know that uh, feminism stands for a better equal societies where everyone is free, if I may say, of every kind of discrimination and is treated fairly. So this is very important. And we do not uh, imagine, let's say, a world where women and men are separated or that mm. uh, they are each other's enemies. Because now, as you go deeper and deeper in feminist theories or in the feminist movement, you see that even this division of genders and the idea that men and women are enemies of each other and mm. are should fight each other has reproduced, if I may say, the patriarchy and still helps the patriarchy to survive. And this is something that we should be conscious of and to fight it. 
the feminism I stand for acknowledges that the patriarchy oppresses both women and men. Mm. But of course that it doesn't oppress both of them and other genders equally. Under the patriarchy, we know, I mean, we, I hope that we do not have a need to, to repeat why women suffer the most under the patriarchy, because this is a fact, even uh, if I, I can take the references of a statistical uh, evaluation of the situation and the position of women and men in society. So this is a fact that we know and we acknowledge. But as for the position that uh, women and men should take within the movement, this is a discussion that we need to make it uh, more often. And I really uh, like this question because this makes us reflect on how we as men and women should approach and engage in the feminist movement. But I think that it's very important that both we acknowledge and know and promote maybe the idea that both women and men are responsible to act collectively and in solidarity with each other to dismantle the patriarchy. So we cannot just women to say that, okay, uh, if we talk about gender or gender uh, inequalities, you can expect that only women should uh, be present in a, let's say, conference or in a room where gender is discussed. No, it's exactly men who need to be part of it in order to know and to uh, recognize and to understand the problem more properly. But uh, I think that something that we are not discussing enough, especially in Kosovo, is that men who are part of the movement should be aware of the position they can have in it. So for me, it's absurd for men, for example, to speak in the name of women because gender-based oppression has its own specificities and a man cannot speak on behalf of women and try to articulate their oppression. And what men should do, especially in our movement, because I see that this is something that is missing, is for them to start uh, reflect and talk about their privileges Mm -hmm. and to be willing to give away those privileges that patriarchy has given to them, if I may say unfairly. So they have some uh, privileges that uh, they do not deserve because they are... um, a process of uh, taking the women's rights and giving some privileges to men. Mm. And this is something that men should reflect and uh, be focused more when they uh, want to enter the feminist movement. And uh, I consider that this is the first step, actually, and the most important step for them to be able to join uh, the movement more decently and to give a bigger contribution to our cause. Mm. Because I have seen that in Kosovo, we have a lot of, uh, especially young men, who consider themselves as feminists, but what they do is that they try to articulate your own oppression with their own words, without not giving you the space to talk about your uh, your experience, but by assuming that they know what you uh, experience under the patriarchy. So for me, this is this is a wrong approach, uh, and this is something that gives signals that you uh, are not, if I may say, decently interested to change the situation. Because what feminism has taught us is that the first step to stand against the patriarchy is to be conscious of how patriarchy operates and oppresses 
people in these circumstances. And if you are not capable of acknowledging or reflecting on each person's position or gender or class or ethnicity or race within the patriarchy, then you, you cannot contribute to a more comprehensive articulation of the feminist movement and you cannot contribute uh, to not inventing per, but choosing the methods and the means to uh, fight against it mm. so this is something that i think is crucial for men to be part of the movement but we, uh, we should um, know that in these times that we are speaking, we cannot uh, reduce or uh, talk exclusively to men or to women as activists. We know uh, now that we have other genders or people who do not mm. identify as men or women and that they uh, are oppressed as well. And I think that they are one of the most categories, if I may say, if this is not wrongly as a, as a term, that suffer very much under the patriarchy because patriarchy cannot exist if you operate with uh, outside the binary system it created and mm. it it's exactly this uh, binary uh, system and the idea of having two uh, positions that uh, somehow reproduces it and keeps it alive. To some, you don't have to necessarily be a woman to be a feminist, especially when I um, recall what I said earlier, that the movement is not exclusively reduced, reducted or reduced to women, but fights and acknowledges other oppressions, other genders and all other causes as well. And, I, and this is one of the biggest aspects of the feminist movement that is one of the most inclusive uh, movements and ideologies that exist till today. I think that since I mentioned the inclusiveness within the feminist movement, I think that is very important to mention and to repeat here that we are talking, since we are talking on the uh, way how we can contribute to the feminist mm -hmm. uh, movements, is that feminist movement and the feminist as uh, an ideology uh, considers that there cannot be any progress if we cannot take into consideration the role of, for example, race or economy and the, the role that they play in the oppression. So we need, in order to have progress, let it be in gender aspect or in the economy, we need to act collectively, not uh, necessarily to be reduced in our gender, but to take our gender and our position to be a standpoint and a starting point where we articulate our oppression and together with the others, we join our forces and act against what we consider to be the, the unfair uh, system, which for us is the capitalist patriarchy, which we stand against it. And I think this also reaches another question that I had. So because you mentioned the, the values that feminism stands for, the inclusiveness that the movement has, but also the limits of patriarchy. And we usually see that there are so many prejudices against feminist activists. And I wanted to ask you why, while at the same time the movement can be seen as fighting for so much progress. Well, uh, you're right. Actually, we still face these prejudices and we still see that feminists are still considered as uh, witches whose aim is to take power and to oppress men. 
But here um, there is a quote from Simone de Beauvoir, which I would like to recall. What Simone de Beauvoir has taught us is that the point for uh, women, and I'm saying here not just women, but even their activists, is not uh, just to take power from men since that wouldn't change anything in the world. But the point and the aim is to destroy that notion of power. And this is something that I think that people, the majority of people, do not understand and do not understand what feminism uh, exactly or uh, stands for. And uh, this prejudice enforces the idea that we uh, cannot imagine a world where uh, oppression doesn't doesn't exist. So what they think is that, no, they just want the matriarchy to be back. And by back, I'm saying what they say, because there is no such thing. I mean, the history told us that there was no matriarchy during the history, what we know as, uh, as history. So this sentence explains best what does feminism stands for and what we as feminists are doing here in Kosovo and in the global level as well. So what we do want from and what we aim through our activism is not to oppress men and to be us who are in more privileged and better position in society, but is our cause is to have a better world for everyone and to have a more just society. And this includes men, women, mm. and everyone who we believe deserves to be treated equally from every let's say, institution from society and from family. But there is something else, like if some men, and it can be women also, are afraid of feminism because they don't want to change the status quo and they want to keep their unjust privileges, but then they have the reasons to be afraid. Like we have seen that, we have seen that people resist to feminism because they understand what feminism stands for. And this is Uh, some kind of resistance we are fighting and we are against it. And why I'm saying that is that we will be fighting that kind of mindset that normalizes oppression and that wants to keep it. So there are, if I may say, two categories of people who cannot stand feminists. Uh, There are people who do not have idea what feminism stands for and believe that we want to take their positions, uh, by their I mean men's positions, and there are people who know what feminism stands for and they just reject it or fight it. And why do they do that is that because I think that feminism is a very radical ideology and movement. And this is something that scares some people because feminism is not satisfied with some little changes or some little victories because feminism and feminist activists are conscious that that kind of little changes, they do not bring qualitative improvement of the situation. So what we want and what we stand for is a more fundamental change of the uh, situation because we have seen that Uh, in this, under the current systems, there cannot be decent improvement of the situation of women because uh, we know that even today, 
we have uh, a lot of laws, a lot of interventions in the public space, in the family, which gives the idea that there is something that is changing. But this situation is still oppressing women because even today, even though we have some little changes and positive changes in our society and, and in the global level, we know that the majority of women are not satisfying these changes. It's just a minority of women who are capable uh, or who are entitled to enjoy the rights and these uh, improvements. And for us, we do not reach our aims until every woman uh, enjoys the same rights mm. as some women enjoy under this system. So and being aware of this fact, some people just resist feminism. But this is something that we uh, take uh, energy and power uh, from because it's a motivation to know that if some people who have some privileges are afraid from us, I'm saying that us, I mean by from feminists, then we are doing something good. Mm. We are doing something good because we are taking the privileges they had historically and that it was exactly these privileges that oppressed women during the history and knowing that some people are are not just willing to see that feminism is occupying so much space we know that this is this is something good because we are somehow changing or giving some sparkles so that the, the situation can be changed and regarding this, uh, that the situation can change, I would like to, to speak more about Kosovo and the Balkans. So what is the situation right now of women's rights or LGBTQ plus community uh, in Kosovo or in the Balkans, if you also know a bit about the region uh, and the feminist movements there and their fights? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that is a difficult question because it's very hard for me, even for every feminist, out there to grasp uh, all the progress that has been made mm. these years and to reflect on the actual situation of women because I mean the, for us feminists progress cannot be described in terms of numbers and mm. this is something that a lot of uh, let's say new liberal feminists like to do but this is not the actual emancipation of or uh, progress in women's rights but if I may say in general even despite all the changes, positive changes that has been made, I can say that uh, women in Kosovo are still facing, and even in the Balkans, because we um, pretty much share the similar situation, they are facing a very harsh reality, even in the private uh, sphere and in the public sphere also. As you can imagine, you cannot expect actually much progress in the system. I mean, the patriarchal and the capitalist system is not dismantled. But still today in Kosovo, the majority of women, even and in the Balkans applies the same, do not enjoy the basic human rights. Like we are speaking for the right to live a dignified life, the right to work, the right to live free of violence and discrimination, and sometimes even the fundamental right to live. So women do not take for granted the right to live because still they are seen as they are seen as property of their husbands, of their fathers, of the family, of someone who is man. 
And uh, up to date, we still have a high number of women who experience gender-based violence and sexual violence from their intimate partners or the family members. And I don't like to speak with numbers, even though, because we believe that the number of women who actually experience gender-based violence or sexual violence is much higher, but the reporting rates we see from our institutions is around 1,000 women, which is not true because we have seen from our field work, from the research, that the number and the percentage of women who experience gender-based violence is much higher, but they do not reported to the institutions because of the sexist and the patriarchal approach of the institutions. Also, we have a very high rate of women who are killed by their, mainly by their intimate partners. For example, for the last 20 years, we have had around 56, if I'm not wrong, women who are killed. Now we have 56 femicide cases in, only in Kosovo. And this is something that it was uh, reported to the police, but we are not sure that this is the case. Last year, for example, we had seven cases of women who were murdered and they were murdered mainly by their partners. Mm. It just gives you a brief summary of how insecure women are in Kosovo. They are not uh, safe, even in their families, even in the streets, in the public sphere, they are sexual harassed on a daily basis. They are afraid even from the institutions because there were cases where women were harassed and sexually harassed, even from the institutions. But the evidence is uh, missed because of the way how the institutions work in Kosovo. And I actually, I would just like to rebound on this. I don't know how it is true, but I know that in France, the pandemic also increased a lot uh, gender-based violence. Yeah. And I guess in Kosovo, like, did you, did statistics or anything showed an increase of, of violence uh, mm-hmm. towards women? Yeah, that was the case in Kosovo as well. Uh, we have had an increase as, mm-hmm. uh, as, uh, as in a global level, like, uh, we have had increase of 30% of uh, gender-based violence during the lockdown. And we also had an increase of sexual violence during this period. And we had cases that were made public. For example, we had two cases within a week in Mitrovica where women were sexually assaulted. And we do not know, even though we protested and there were protests that were organized by feminist activists in Mitrovica, uh, we don't know what happened with the case. Mm. So this is how, how a sexual violence or sexual assault case is treated by our institutions. We ask for information from the institutions, but we do not know how is the process uh, going. This is uh, one of the forms of gender-based violence that is more evident. But we must know that the violence that women experience is also live in the economy and also in the way how they participate in decision-making within the family, but also in the public sphere. I don't know if we should go further with oppression that women face in what we consider as economy. We must recall that only 13% of women work, which is something that is 
terrible when we recall and think about how this can influence women's lives and how this can make women more fragile and uh, more likely to be killed, to be violated, to be oppressed in every sphere of their lives. And that was an issue that was raised even more vocally during the pandemic, because we have seen that during the pandemic, all the focus was in the family, in the family and within the household. And we know that the way how we um, share or divide uh, the labor within the uh, household is that women are the ones who do all the work in, in the family. And this just burdens their oppression and their uh, position that they hold in the family. And also something that is an indicator that tells about the position that women have in our society is the place they have in the decision-making. We know that even though we have so much progress, if I may say, in the laws we have, we have had little progress or qualitative progress in the way how women are engaged in political processes and in important decision-making processes. Still, politics, economy, and even the family is dominated by men which tells uh, on the position that women uh, have uh, within these institutions. And even though if we try to uh, reflect on the progress uh, and if this progress uh, can be told by comparing it with the situation that women had, for example, in the 90s, I can say yes on of course, that there have been progress because now we have more opportunities for women to engage in public, to, uh, to stand for their rights and to be less, let's say, inequal to uh, mm-hmm. but they do not enjoy their rights. And this situation is mainly because of our institutions. And we, what we as feminists uh, are, have been very vocal these recent years is to try to change the way how our institutions work. Because we believe that what is helping and maintaining this situation is the patriarchal governing. Like we have seen so many cases that the state have failed women that tells that they just do not care about women's lives and well-being. In this regard, let's take, for example, the gender-based violence through our work as feminist researchers and advocates, we have seen that one of the main challenges that women face when they report violence is the institutional response. We have seen and heard about the cases when women are victims of blaming and prejudices from the police, the court, prosecution, and also we have seen that um, femicide still is not a serious crime for our institutions, which has been made more visible, for example, with the case of Piet and Rezai, whose sentence was redu- reduced from the court in two, 24 years for brutally murdering his wife and daughter. Mm. So even though we don't have so much hope in these actual institutions, this situation, I, we believe that will not change until we impose more our agenda there. So we need more feminist agenda there. 
And this is something that we are doing as feminists. I can say that the feminist movement in Kosovo and even in the region is becoming bigger and bigger and is mm. quite established. And I can surely say that the gender progress that has been made these 20 years in Kosovo is mainly because of the feminist pressure and activism starting from the streets to the institutions. So if you read or just scan the way how feminist agenda was imposed within the public discourse, you can tell that the feminist movement is quite strong in Kosovo and in the Balkans. But we also know that the patriarchal resistance uh, is quite uh, organized and is very hard for us uh, to fight it. We know that because it's exactly those people who have even the economic uh, resources and have all the power. So standing against that power, uh, it takes courage and it takes determination, which feminists in Kosovo and in Balkans, but also in the global level have, but it's a very long process. It's not a linear uh, process. Mm. It has so many ups and downs. And it's really hard to know that, yes, we did that. No, feminism is not saying that, yes, we changed a law. No, it's much more. And it's about uh, changing also the people's uh, mindset, which is quite hard. And it's quite hard even to tell that you did something. But we can maybe after some years reflect on what we did for example Mm. in 2020 for instance just because it makes me think of an action last year that was organized the Uh new sigeti like this kind of action like one year after because i think it was pretty much a year ago how do you do do you see any impact it's a way of fighting also the patriarchy Mm -hmm. protest in the streets Uh, so how how do you perceive the impact of such action in the society let's say uh, yes, uh, I think that these kind of actions and protests that we have made and other feminists have made uh, have actually an impact because they uh, made feminism and women's lives uh, more vocal into uh, the public discourse. So they influence the public discourse. Uh, uh, this happens, like, for example, when we do something, we know that for that day, the event or the protest will be in all the news in, in mm. Kosovo. So this is something or a chance, an opportunity for people to reflect on that. Mm. Because we cannot expect, for example, for people to become self-conscious and to know that, oh yeah, no, this is wrong. We should change ourselves. No, no, no. We need to make our resistance more visible to people. And not only for, for people who want to join it, but also for people who are those perpetrators and who should be maybe afraid of that, these actions and that, uh, that movement. And I think that we had quite impact because now we see that uh, when we organize the protest and for example, when we do the march on the 8th of March or mm-hmm. other protests, uh, we see that it's easier to mobilize a bigger mass of people. And sometimes because of the street actions, of the protests, we see that it's easier to influence even the policy making. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the majority of uh, the maybe even of the laws and all the changes that have been made in Kosovo these years have been made 
because of the feminist movement, because of the street actions, because of the protests, because of the discussions that we have had as feminists, not only among ourselves, but also with the institutions. So they have had an impact at least to create a bigger platform when we can discuss women's issues. Because I think that one of the most evident oppressions that has been made towards women is by making them inexistent to public Mm. space. And we are breaking that. And feminists before us actually broke that um, idea of that and that mindset. And we are more and more imposing feminist agenda to people, to mm-hmm. uh, the government. And this is something that is good. Like now a lot of people, I think that know what feminism is. Uh, mm-hmm. And before, for example, let's take in the early 2000s, you didn't have people who know, knew the term feminism. And this is something that has been made because of the often presence of feminists in the streets. But we don't know what was the exact uh, impact it had in mm. women's lives uh, because this is something that it needs more time to reflect and to mm. see what we did good and what we did that good. But uh, now we have more women and also men who are Mm -hmm. conscious and ready to stand for their own rights and fight not only for themselves, but also for other other women and men and everyone basically who is suffering under this uh, system. Uh, Actually, it was my last uh, question. So (laughs) thank you very much, Liridona, for um, all your answers and joining us for this Reflection Podcast episode. And uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you for listening. This episode was created with the help of Mevlu Deskuroshi and Jeremy Floro. Graphic design, Isabella Markova. Theme song, I'll Go Out to Run Now by The Gang. You can listen to the Reflection Podcast on Spotify. Back to you next week.